the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. You see those sirens in your feed. You know exactly what that means. It is an emergency podcast and it is on September the 11th. Danny, the last time that we had an emergency podcast this early in the season, it was for USC parting ways with Clay Helton last year. And it was Clay Helton who plays an integral role in this announcement today as Nebraska Athletic Director Trev Alberts made an announcement that he has met with Scott Frost and decided that they will go in a new direction for their head football coach. There's a lot to get to here. Number one, uh, we have discussed often about this buyout that drops on October 1st, which means that it is a $15 million buyout, not a $7.5 million buyout. So how antsy was Nebraska? $7.5 million worth of antsy. Uh, Number two, where Nebraska goes from here, what kind of job this is. I Obviously, we're surprised. We weren't planning on this. Like, eventually, sure, but how, what do you make of Nebraska going with the early trigger after a one and two start again, Nebraska losing to Georgia Southern on Saturday night? So we get the text right in our group chat and it's from Tom and it said, Scott Frost fired. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure it wasn't Adam Schnefter or one of those <laughs> fake accounts that would be trolling Nebraska? And he was like, for sure. I was like, oh boy. It does feel like sometimes it's just so obvious. And I I have been a defender. We were talking about this right before we came on air. I'll always kind of lean on the more lenient, like let's take a more rational approach. 
Let's let time play out. Let's see if you can play your way out of a funk or, you know, it's early in the season. Maybe you can regroup. And even after they lost to Northwestern, that was my philosophy was, hey, let's not panic. But then on sometimes <laughs> it's just painfully obvious, obvious that you need to just rip the Band-Aid off. And that's going to be an expensive Band-Aid like you talked about. And I wonder, I wonder, do you think, Scott, for all, I, mean, I wonder if there was a negotiation that took place. I don't know. Coach's agents, you know, Scott Frost probably like just talked to my agent about it. But that is an expensive band-aid to rip off if they did. They already had him take the pay cut. But I mean, they lost to Georgia Southern at home, who was coached by Clay Helton, who, as you mentioned, just got let go a year ago from USC. It's just a confluence of events that just looks awful. Because even after the Northwestern game, my mentality was like, maybe Northwestern's good. And then Northwestern gets beat to Duke the same day that you get beat to Georgia Southern. It just, it looks like it's just writing on the wall. Well, those those things have to be tied together. That if you are the if you are Trev Alberts, that you're looking at what Northwestern is. You also get this result uh, at home in this spot where your athletic department, on top of this other money, paid 1.5 million dollars to Georgia Southern to lose for them to come in and for them to beat you. Uh, Mickey Joseph is going to be taking over as the interim head coach. This is a tenure for Scott Frost that honestly was very surprising. Um, I actually, our our friend Barton Simmons was texting this morning. He said, you know, one of the biggest, um, it, it, we were just reminiscing about how when he was at UCF, we thought it was a surefire thing. Mm-hmm. And that the idea of him going to Nebraska, the, that he could be uh, the one that was going to lead this program back to the kind of heights that the Cornhuskers wanted after things went so poorly uh, in that sort of those post Bo Pelini years. But I mean, this is a program that under Frost leadership are five and 22 in one score games. And bringing him back was a little bit of a gamble. But then he took a little bit of a gamble on bringing in what, 22 transfers? to mm-hmm. this team like you you can give better perspective on this than me but if you're already dealing with a locker room that might have doubt in the head coach isn't it even tougher when almost two dozen of them just showed up right now like that's why i think this was so fragile where you didn't want to lo- have that whole locker room go ahead and check out because they hadn't even put in all of the sweat equity that you would have had over recruiting class, over recruiting class, over recruit recruiting class behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, players, they're definitely impacted by things that take place. I think it's the turnover, the new players that show up, and it's the new coaches you know, on the staff. I mean, he fired four assistants, right, last year as part of the, the massive overhaul. Let's... Let's see, and he brings in Whipple from Pitt, and you're trying to have this new-look offense. I think this is a theme we're going to see, too. I mean, we saw all those upsets over the weekend, and I think the transfer portal might be doing something that could be good in the long run. It is, and not in the way we thought. We thought, oh, the rich are getting richer, which it does feel like some of the schools are, but I also think the turnaround expectation of, oh, we got all these players. This is new roster. We're going to get, we're going to be better all of a sudden takes time to develop continuity and teamwork and togetherness and cohesion with an offense and a defense that I think this might actually allow opportunity for teams that are soundly coached, that maybe don't have a roster churn and are just really good at executing their system and on offense and defense. And they're going to see more upsets like we saw yesterday with teams that are better taught, more experienced, and have played a lot of football together as opposed to a collection of 
hired assassins for a better word, but that's what that's what the transfer portal is. It like that's what Scott Frost was trying to do. Bring me in guys who are going to win right away. And I think it's challenging to do that. Do you think that what about the whole one score game is is like cuz there's a a, a cold-blooded numbers approach to this that's mm-hmm. saying like you can't imagine that you would get this unlucky time and time again or do you think that it is fair to to hold this and, and set it at the feet of Scott Frost where the, there is something about the the in-game coaching, the pregame preparation. There is something about uh, the way that these teams are being set up to succeed or fail that is leading to them not making the right decisions in tight situations. Is this being unlucky, or, or do you think that that is a poor, a, an accurate reflection of a shortcoming of uh, of Frost and his time with Nebraska? It's got it's a combination of both, right? The players have to make the plays, but the coaches have to put them in position to, to make those plays. And whether it's just untimely turnovers whether it's I mean the the onside kick which we talked about I didn't think it was that I knew what he was trying to do was be aggressive and let's go for the jugular and let's take control of the game I mean that probably and I we said this after that might be the decision that got him fired and sure enough sitting here a couple weeks later maybe that was it I think it had way more to do with losing to Georgia Southern but you don't have that many games and it just be luck like it's you know, it's a it's it's coaching, it's players feeling too stressed or too much too scared or unable to close. And it really is a hard thing to do. And like Florida State's a good example. Mike Norvell, I mean, they could have lost that game the other night, but they found a way and they got lucky and it hit the and now it's a totally different complexion. And now you feel like, okay, we we might have gotten over that hump. And for Nebraska, they never had that bounce go their way. And then they start to accumulate, and you know, it's it's a combination of all of it. It's tough. Um, if and you know, you mentioned earlier about the expense. Like, what is Scott Frost saying? He's probably saying, "Talk to my agent." If it wasn't Scott Frost at Nebraska, I might have argued that he was tanking it for the extra seven and a half mil. <laughs> right. Just go ahead and just like run this thing into the ground. But I, I, I could be wrong. But I truly believe that he cares too much about that football program to intentionally drive it into the ground and like he's probably as beat up about in about this as anyone else which i say in response to your earlier comment there could easily be a negotiated buyout that is not 15 but might be more than seven and a half just to uh just to move on and just clear the air so that he doesn't have to go into that nebraska game you know with or it with shows all this you, hanging over it or it shows you i mean <laughs> the Oklahoma ed ogeron sound when Ed O's talking about laughing, like, hey, they said they were going to pay me $17 million. It shows you the, I mean, the irrational, there's no fiscal responsibility in college football. Like, you're going to fire them. You want to get rid of them. We don't, uh, what's $7.5 million? This is ugly. We're losing ticket. Like, there's, we'll see if the sea of red, if they maintain the sellout streak. I mean, there's a lot that goes behind this. So, maybe it was just, hey, we, we can talk about a buyout, we can talk about a negotiation, but we're making this decision no matter what. But I don't think a lot of coaches would have done what Frost did either and taken the pay cut and fired coaches. You know, some coaches would have said, no, I'm not, and then give me my buyout now, and I'll just, if you want to fire me, fire me. I'm not playing for less. And I do think he wanted to do it. You know, it was interesting, Chip, because when I was covering Scott Frost, I called one of his games at UCF against Maryland. And I'll never forget we were in a meeting and he was starting to get some buzz. I think they were like four and and they'd come off a nice season. And, and I asked him, I was like, Hey man, I'm like, are you ready for the next jump? Like to go to UCF to in Nebraska. And he said to me, he's like, man, I, he goes, I wasn't ready for this job. He's like, I'll figure it out. 
And now that I go back and look on that, I'm like, it was very refreshingly honest. Maybe it was too and soon. Also, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe it was like maybe he maybe he did just fall into a great situation at UCF, great assistants, great players, and it just all clicked. And then when you talk about building a program that is down in the dumps, dumps, and it it takes more than just because you played there and you can get some recruits. It takes a lot, and I think it shows you how hard it is to 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 turn these programs around. It's not easy. Great point there. I mean, he had only had two years of being a head coach at all. And it was the, you know, he goes, I think UCF was 0-12 before he got there. He gets them to a bowl game in year one. They go 13-0 and in year two. His coaching career was an absolute rocket ship. And Nebraska, A, being in the Big Ten, B, like this, the game itself, I mean, you just can't figure that out on the fly. I mean, is he didn't he even have the comments after the Northwestern game? It's where he, we joked that maybe he was throwing Mark Whipple under the bus, but he was saying like, "Listen, we got to be better for w- in this league." As if he was almost saying like, "This, this is tough. We are, we are getting our asses handed to us on the coaching front right now. Um, coaching in the Big Ten is difficult." He finishes with a ten and twenty six record in Big Ten play. The Cornhuskers never won more than three games in conference play. They never finished higher than fifth placed in the SEC West. And again, 16 and 31 uh, across his four seasons and three games uh, as Scott Frost is out as Nebraska's head coach, which of course leads us to the next part. This is this is where this the is real fun in the chat too. I don't know if you've seen the chat because there are some names and there are two really obvious big names that are out there. I've seen a lot of Urban Meyer. Yep, and I'm seeing a lot of Bob Stoops. <laughs> Those are the two big ones I'm seeing in the chat. And then it becomes like we go back to the – and we even had this on the pod about Urban Meyer. Would he go to Nebraska? I think it was a mailbag question. Like, would he Would he take that job? I don't think he would right now. I think he kind of wants to see what will happen. He's going to take this whole year to do the uh, to do the big noon show. And I, I, at the time, I think you and I were in agreement. I think it was, no, nah, I don't think he's going to take this, right? Were you? Did you think he would take it? I don't, I don't think he thinks this job is beneath him. And I don't know if Urban Meyer – and this goes to how hard this job is. Urban is at a stature in his legacy where I think he feels like I can hold out for a job that is a winner. That I, that I step in and you know you can win. Texas, USC, when he went to Florida, Ohio State, like the jobs he did take and the jobs he would consider are programs that are pretty quick turnarounds. That's why I don't know if Urban's like, man, at my point, I'm not going to take that job. It's too hard. It's too, it's too big of a project for me to take on that might provi- might be too much risk after what just happened to me in Jacksonville. It's the perfect coaching search because you've got the top layer of the Urban Meyer and Bob Stoops. And then you've got the second layer, which is Nebraska fans would love it and call it a home run. And it is debatable as to whether this these coaches would leave their current situation to go take the Nebraska job, understanding all that's going on right there. Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, Matt Campbell at Iowa State. I mean... Who else would be on that list where I think Nebraska fans would be thrilled about it? I don't know. I See, here's what happens. And this happened to Tennessee a lot of, you know, remember the Gruden watch and they throw out these names that were just well, the USC, coaching, the USC coaching search had James Franklin hired for like three weeks in the middle of October. 
Right. And he got a ninety million dollar deal with Penn State. And, right. And USC got their guy. Tennessee did not. And Heupel's good. I mean, Heupel might be the right guy in the long run, but I, I remember, you know, Tennessee fans weren't exactly doing jumping jacks. There were a lot of other names I think they would have rather had. So that's, I don't know if Nebraska, even if they pinpoint their guy, I don't know if their guy, dream job, is going to take it. You know, like, because I think, yeah, Matt Campbell would be great. Is he going to take it? I think he probably leaves Iowa State. I don't know if Luke Fickle, I don't know if Fickle would leave for, leave for Nebraska. He's got a great setup now. They're going to the Big 12. You got access to the playoffs. You're already making pretty good money. He might parlay it into a, a, a raise, but I don't think he leaves to take that job. Do you? I mean, I, I think Cincinnati's probably a better job right now than Nebraska, which is crazy to even say out loud, but they've already been to the playoffs and they're going to have easier access to the playoffs. I think that Nebraska has more money, resources, booster support, sort of like infrastructure built up that you could weaponize if that's something that attracts you. I don't think that attracts Luke Fickle. And that no. is like, I don't have a personal relationship with him, but based on the the way he carries himself what he said about other jobs, I kind of have penciled him in as Ohio State, Notre Dame, or staying at Cincinnati. And then yep. it's like, maybe if there's another elite job, but he's already had opportunities to take jobs that were Power Five before Cincinnati got announced as being a future member of the Big 12. Luke Fickle's who you go to first. If, I, if I'm if i Trev Alberts, I go to Luke Fickle first. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, do you, does this interest you? Um Matt Campbell, I think, would be another great opportunity. That might be a good move for Matt Campbell. Just to, like, have you maxed out at Iowa State? Is is this a, a good opportunity to finally um, uh, make a jump to challenge yourself again? I mean, it wasn't like he started on the Iowa State staff and was, you know, born and bred there. This is from Ohio, right? He came in from Toledo. Like, this, he, he's got a little bit of a, a coaching background to him that suggests he might be willing to entertain the challenge of taking on Nebraska and trying to do what Scott Frost was not able to do. But there is a, there's an NFL coach, if, and I don't know what the score is right now, <laughs> in Bank of America Stadium. But I watched about a quarter of uh, the Panthers and yep. the Browns before, uh, before we got the text. I think that would be a great hire. I I think I, I mean I, I wonder if I wonder if Matt I wonder if Matt Rule already knew it and he's he's fine he's actually doesn't have a play call sheet in front of him he's got his resume <laughs> he's sort of putting it together right now um, yeah I, he, I think to me also, go ahead he'd be a I think he'd be a slam dunk hire um, and I've worked I've worked with him a lot covered him a few times and when he went to Carolina I just felt like he was more of a college coach almost like. Some coaches' personalities, and I think even Carolina fans, right when he was hired, they were like, whoa, what type of energy is this? We haven't seen this in a long time. There's a little bit – it just feels collegial. And I know you know, he had NFL history and he was with the Giants staff, but what he did at Baylor was super impressive. He turned that thing around quick. I, I covered his first game at Baylor, and they lost to Liberty. I think it was one of the bigger upsets of the day. And I just – I knew what he. I think it's going to be a similar type of rebuild. You got that's why I do think Matt Campbell would be an outstanding. Matt Campbell turned down a lot of money. The NFL. I think he realized I'm not an NFL coach, but I think you bring up a great point about maybe you know maxing out what you could do at Iowa State. And I I think that that type of personality I do think is what you need to win there. You know, a little bit of the chip on the shoulder has to come back to the Nebraska fans and the players themselves. 
You can't just walk in the door and say, hey, we're Nebraska. So um, what are the chances that Mickey Joseph, now the interim coach for Nebraska, can parlay this thing into uh, getting the job? Ed Ogeron or something? Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be that good. I don't know if he's going to parlay it into a national championship. No, in a no, no, not years. that good. I mean, we are talking about Coach O's right. former assistant head coach, somebody who was on that LSU staff and somebody who's been a longtime assistant. And if he can take this, you know, take this like team of mercenaries and make a bowl game, you know, then you you could nah, find. You don't listen. I don't think seven, I don't think six and six is gonna do. Like if they rattled off like seven wins in a row, then maybe I think you could see it. But I think Nebraska. I think Trev Alberts is gonna want to find somebody you can sell and keep the positivity and keep the keep the money flowing from your boosters and NIL programs that you have set up. You know, and I I don't know. It'd be fascinating to see. I don't think that I, this is why I always am not a fan of firing midseason. I'm like, well, what are you going to get now? Like, what do you think your players are doing? A lot of those players came in there as these hired guns. Like, they're not loyal to Nebraska. They're in there to try to, you know, I mean, everybody thinks they're going to go to the NFL. That's what they're probably thinking is, oh, I'm going to get to play at Nebraska. I'm going to parlay this. Now you make that change. Now I wonder what the mindset of that locker room is. Now it can wake you up. And if there's a coach, say, holy crap, like we can't make any more mistakes. We better dial in. But the majority of the time, I mean, USC last year is a pretty good example. Their season went an absolute tank after they fired Clay Helton. You know, I do think the players liked Scott Frost, so it's going to be a rude wake-up call for him. So there's two uh, – We Urban Meyer mentioned a lot, but there's actually three other names in broadcasting right now who, because they are in broadcasting, would be able to potentially – be on board in time to try to save this recruiting class. Because with all, we already talked about the roster in transition, heavy on the transfer portal. You fire Scott Frost right now. I mean, this holding this recruiting class together, that's Mickey Joseph's like strongest challenge. And if he's able to do it, at least you know, earns himself a spot probably on the new coach's staff. Tom Herman, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen is out here. He's available. He did uh, win at Mississippi State. You know, he was, if you're able to win there, I don't know. I wonder if he's at that position. Tom Herman was in a CBS Sports studio the other night. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. he was in a booth. Yeah. Uh, in the first point. week. Yeah. He's doing a good job. Do they fire up? I think Urban Meyer, obviously, they would love it. A Stoops, they would love. Somebody suggested Mark Stoops. He's got too good of a setup at Kentucky. Um, Bring Kalini. Yeah, bring back Pelini. That'd be a good one. I would love for that to happen. Yeah, this is gonna be wild because this is a big. This is a. This is one of those bigger jobs where I think the fan base thinks they can get whatever they want, and I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Yeah, I do. You know, Trev Alberts. I I don't. I don't. I, think I, I met him like a couple times in passing. I've got to think that this is one of those um, coaching searches where because he's capital T Trev Alberts around yep. there. Yep. He actually can do the, I'm doing this. You know, right. I'm running. Like, there's not every athletic director, especially at programs like Nebraska, can truly hold off everyone else and say, I'm running this search. And then you get the too many cooks in the kitchen. Then you get your Tennessee situation, your Auburn situation. But I believe that Trev Alberts, and that means that we're probably not going to get, like, we are going to speculate, but I don't think we'll get as much, like, good, juicy uh, leaks <laughs> here and there. I think that... 
he gets now to to work the search. He gets to own it himself. And then his future as the athletic director at a university will be tied to this hire. Will 100% yeah. uh, be tied. Because he also hire. gave Scott Frost another opportunity. Like he's been very patient with him, which I understand. It's his boy. It's his guy. But that'll be linked to him too. So he, this feels like the hire that he has to make that he has to hit or else his job's on the line. Um, Chris Peterson, that was the third in the in the broadcast studio. I liked Another him. He was, solid one. he was on the FS1 desk. I caught him yesterday and I was like, man, I forgot. I like watching him talk about football. Didn't he do the whole thing where he's just burnt out? Like yes. how much work it takes? Like <laughs> that's, yeah, that's Nebraska, very actually, Nebraska shouldn't be interested in somebody who says that it's too much work to be <laughs> right. out there. Um, You're going to need somebody who's obsessed. And I, that's the thing. When you get some of these coaches – they get a taste of the TV life. It's pretty nice. Can't lose a game. They make pretty good money. Like they got to really think hard and long about do I want to get back in this mess? But then there are some coaches like Jim Morrill. He was in. He hated. You know, I want to get. I'll do whatever it takes and goes back to UConn. You know, Gary Patterson. Ooh, I Star, actually like that. One of the stars yeah. of the weekend. You know, coming. Yeah. Inside. Doc is he on the rise. Now he should take it right <laughs> yeah. now. He should be calling. He should leave now. How about his tweet? Did you see his tweet? The we not me. The credit goes to everybody. Like yeah, I obviously, but I thought I thought that was pretty balls. I mean, he sounded like thanks for everybody for reaching out. Like you won the game. Like I'm like you guys still lost. And he's like thanks for all the credit, but it doesn't go to me. And I'm like you guys still lost. I get it was a great defensive performance, but I don't know. I thought it was odd. I thought it was odd timing. That's that is a, a very very good point. You no, know, I I didn't I didn't think about it like you know that's that's what the, a lot of people are saying that I'm right. I'm this <laughs> right. Are you right. sure? No, we're I mean yeah, we gave you credit. The defensive yeah. line looked good, but right. you, didn't, you didn't win. Yeah, but now um, we're yeah. ready to give him Nebraska's head job. So <laughs> maybe yeah. it was hey, the best thing he did was send a tweet. Actually, you know what? That's that's the 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 good strong takeaway here. Hey, Gary Patterson, just take the job now. <laughs> Stock's never going to be higher. Yep. Uh, Quinn Ewers is out four to six weeks. The Texas season's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit little bit shaky from time to time. You just just cash out while you're on top, Coach, <laughs> Coach Gary Patterson, and uh, and go ahead and just g- head on to Lincoln and take that Nebraska job. Anything else on this before we get out of here? Nah. Well, it's it's gonna be it, there are gonna be some rumors flying on this one though. Dion. Yeah. Oh, Dion, Dion I got Lincoln. I got a text from somebody. Dion to Auburn. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Just floating it. We'll see what happens. Just something to tuck away back in the memory banks. Hey, we'll clip it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. September 11th, 223. Yeah, yeah the uh, called it. The cover the cover three podcast. The the archives never lie. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Danny Cannell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We will be back with more on this and of course our full Monday upon further review, some reaction to the new college football rankings, AP versus coaches, more notes from the weekend that was, and of course more reaction on Nebraska firing Scott Frost. Danny, thank you very much. You got it. Here we go. NFL Red Zone. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.